Hey, gay people. Hey, gay people around the world. It is just awesome that you have joined me again. Thank you so much. I think you're going to like today's show. It's going to be a little bit of a couple things mixed together, and I hope that's going to be entertaining for you. But you know what I do want to talk about is something really ironic uh, to me. In the last episode, I was talking about gay bars, and I told a story about the first time that this girl and I went down to New York City, the very first time I had been there, even though I only live a couple hundred miles from it, hadn't been there before uh, the mid-80s. But I told a story about how we were having dinner on Christmas Eve at a table next to Prince, and I never mentioned Prince. I'm not a particular fan of his music. Uh, I think I might have one CD. I'm not sure. I only really liked a few of the songs. You know, Purple Rain was cool. When Doves Cry is an amazing song. So just in general, Prince's name just never comes up unless it happens to be a time when I happen to tell that exact same story. And I don't know what every 10 years, maybe I might tell that story. So it was really strange that I did that podcast and I sent it to iTunes for processing. It was completed and it was sent to iTunes. And that's when I read on TMZ about Prince needing to make that emergency landing in his plane because he was sick. And then, you know, a couple of days passed, we hadn't heard anything. And then, of course, the, the big news that he had died. Sometimes in life, I'm just really surprised by coincidences and the way things work that way. You know, it's like when you're thinking of someone and you hadn't talked to him for a long time and then the phone rings and it's that person, you know, it's that kind of thing sometimes. So, um, if you happen to have listened to the last podcast, when I talked about Prince and, and say you heard it after he died, that story had no attachment whatsoever to what has just happened. It was just a very strange coincidence. But as I said, today's show is going to be a mix of a couple things. I want to start by talking about bullying, but not the kind of bullying that always makes the news, like kids bullying a gay kid in school or um, adults being in a restaurant and the patrons getting all you know up in arms because they are sitting close to each other and holding hands or something. I'm not talking about that. What I want to talk about is when gay people bully other gay people. And then the second part, uh, we're going to talk about a TV series that I'll bet you don't even know about. And so therefore, if I can introduce you to something that's a little bit different, uh, let's say it's really different, you might find it entertaining. And that's a show called Dante's Cove, which was on a channel called Here, which I'm not even sure Here still exist, but it was on that network. And I want to tell you about that series. So meanwhile, as I always say, my name is Joey Hernandez, and this is Gay to Gay Bullying and Dante's Cove, the ninth episode of uh, An Older Gay Guy Show. So I want to make sure in this segment that I'm not going to be lecturing you. I do enough lecturing in my other podcast, and you may say, Joey, what's the name of the other podcast? Thank you for asking. The name of the other podcast is Life After 30 Podcast. 
And you can find that wherever the hell you found this one. It'll be in the same place. Um, that's about fitness and health and nutrition, and it's more lecture structured. I actually haven't been doing it the last few weeks because I've been so into doing this particular podcast. This is like the one I'm really super excited about. So I'm looking so forward to this one and doing prep work on this one. I never seem to get to the other one, Life After 30 podcast. But anyway, I don't want this to be like a, a lecture. I want it to be a discussion. So I am going to ask you to please send me your opinions on what I'm about to talk about, because I, I think this is a really super important topic and it just never seems to get talked about. The way to reach me, by the way, is the name of this show, which is an older gay guy show, and it's at gmail.com, an older gay guy show at gmail.com. You can always send me comments and say hi and say, oh my God, you're horrible. Get the fuck off the air, whatever you want to say. But so we know about bullying it's on the news all the time about how kids are in school now and they're more comfortable with being themselves and therefore they may dress differently. They may just present themselves more as the image of what they feel. And if that's gay, then sometimes that's going to come across and kids bully kids. And, you know, being, I'll be 58 in just a few days and Certainly when we were young, if you're over 40, when we were young, there was no internet. So bullying was restricted to when we would be going to school, in school, or leaving school primarily. And we all learned ways of avoiding that. You know, you can avoid people, avoid groups if you know that they're going to be hanging out in certain areas. You just kind of didn't go in that area and you were pretty safe. But now with the internet, you know, things have exploded far more than that. I often say how grateful I am that I am not a kid in today's world. Growing up, I was very uncomfortable in elementary school. I often would have to avoid kids as I was walking home. I was, you know, <clears throat> I was pretty much a gay acting person back in elementary school. I was always picked last on a team, and I'll bet many of you can relate to that. And just the the, the feeling of lack of self-worth that one goes through when you're always picked last. And I understand why I was always picked last because I sucked at team sports. And to this day, I'm very much into individual sports. I have a great love for mixed martial arts. I also like gymnastics. I also like wrestling. It's funny. Hmm. All the hot guys are in those. Hmm. Interesting. But team sports just never appealed to me. So being the last picked, that was just something that one went through. For me, junior high school was probably the very worst. Halfway through seventh grade is when my father died and my mother was drinking and my life was a fucking mess as a kid. And I was teased a lot in uh, junior high. I never got into fights or anything like that. Um, that came in my adult life, <laughs> but I was never into fights as a kid. And, you know, I, I basically tried to avoid people, but, you know, I had the, you know, fag, queered, yelled at me and maybe a couple rocks thrown at me here or there, but I just hated it. And then once I got to high school, I had a girlfriend, I 
got very involved in the music and drama scene. Ooh, big surprise. And uh, whatever, I, I had my world built that way. And people pretty much left me alone. I, I got a car when I was 16. I could drive around. So I didn't have to put up with any of the high school bullying that might go on. But that is not the bullying that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about bullying within the gay community itself. Now, you may agree or disagree with the things I'm going to say, and, you know, that's pretty much the case anytime I'm doing a podcast. Um, you're more than welcome to disagree with me. But anyways, so then I went to college, and after college, that was really when I started going to a lot of gay clubs, and I was lifting weights, and I began to build a body that people were noticing. And that's when I really started noticing the clicks, the group distinction that people are put in when they are gay. So let me now flash forward to 1995. I'm 37 years old. I had already been doing personal training for a number of years down on Cape Cod, where I lived for like five years. So I moved back to Boston and I discovered that Boston actually had two gyms that were considered to be gay gyms. Now, these were kind of unofficially gay gyms because the owners, although a lot of clientele were their base, they didn't want to scare off other people. So we all knew they were gay gyms, but it was not advertised as such. One of them was called Metropolitan Health Club, and that had been around for a, a number of years. And a newer one was called Mike's Gym and these were both in the south end of Boston, which was primarily a gay area at the time. So I met with the owners of both of these gyms, and I signed on to be a personal trainer there. In the Metropolitan Health Club, I was on staff, actually, as a staff trainer. Plus, I had a side business there, and at Mike's gym, I just ran my own business out of there. Now, with both of these gyms and me training at both of them, um, I was doing classes, and these were primarily ab classes and working the abdominal uh, muscles for anywhere from a half an hour up to an hour. And these classes became very popular. They filled up. Uh, there was waiting lists sometimes for them. But the odd thing that I discovered was that Metropolitan Health Club, which was the older one, and this gym had two wonderful gay owners and the clientele that was primarily gay and some straight ladies. It was just a very welcoming atmosphere. You felt like you belonged there. And so not only did people work out, but they gathered in groups and areas and, you know, chit-chatted and arranged to meet for drinks or let's go to the club tonight or whatever. It was a very welcoming, wonderful atmosphere. But with Mike's gym, that was considered to be the more serious gym, which is odd because their equipment was not any better than the equipment that was at Metropolitan Health Club. They were both about the same. They had older equipment that needed maintenance, but, you know, that's what a gym can be. So the wonderful members of Metropolitan Health Club always kind of viewed Mike's gym as the more upscale a-list kind of clientele in the gay community. Metropolitan members were actually kind of intimidated at times to go to Mike's gym because they felt that they were inferior 
to the more serious A-list people that went to Mike's gym. And when I was at Mike's gym and Metropolitan was talked about, those people regarded the people that went to Metropolitan as kind of a girly gym. You know, that's not where the masculine guys go. That's where the sissy guys go. And I worked for both of these gyms, and I got to know the people in both of them, the clientele in both of them. And there was this class distinction that I always found incredible. If one of the members of Metropolitan happened to go and sign up at Mike's gym for a short time, and they were now in this A-list group, they were made to feel like they didn't belong. They were made fun of at times. I would hear uh, a group of the A-list bodybuilder guys, you know, saying really bitchy, negative things about some of the people that might have crossed over there. And God forbid that someone from Mike's gym would ever set foot in Metropolitan Health Club, you know, because that's the girly gym and they don't want to be regarded that way. It was fucking ridiculous. Honestly, I never understood it. And the unusual thing was that sometimes when these A-list bitchy people stepped away from their group and I might talk to one of them one-on-one, -on -one, at many times they were very nice people. But then, of course, if their friends are around, it's peer pressure and you have to act a certain way. It's really sad. Uh, these two gyms ended up closing and so the members ended up scattering around to other gyms. Um, but... I see it not only with the gym people. I see it also when I go out, if there are some drag queens out and they're hanging around, if there is a newer person in trying to be a part of that, or if it's an older person who's trying to be that, those people, I mean, they won't even just say things amongst themselves. You know, they'll say it right to the person and make them feel like complete shit because they're trying to be in their world and, and they're not worthy of being in their world. It's, it's frustrating to me because I started going out to clubs, as I said in the last podcast, uh, around 1973. Now, Stonewall was 69, right? So in these early years when clubs were just really being comfortable being there, they still had windows that were blacked out. They didn't have the name on the door. You just knew where, um, where clubs were and you went into them, you know, as a patron and you just heard about it. But th the, the class distinctions in the gay community is, in my mind, worse than it is with straight people to gay people, at least in today's world. You know, as adults, you don't hear that often someone making a comment about yourself unless you're doing something very public, and perhaps you might have a comment then. But if you're just existing, no matter how you are, no matter how you dress, for the most part and I'm not saying always, but for the most part, you're kind of left alone. Now, I know many, many of you will say no, that straight people in some cases really do make life horrible for gay people. And, you know, that's absolutely true. There's things in the news about it all the time. But for me, 
in the way that I, I see things, like if you go into a, a chat room on the internet, or if you read the comments that somebody might leave if you have posted something, the gay bashing from gay people is just incredible. I see it when I go out to clubs. Even though I'm older now and I'm kind of out of the picture, I still see it happening where people are shunned. I see it in the leather community where if people are somewhat into leather, maybe they're not dressing in leather 24-7 and belonging to all the motorcycle groups or whatever, you know, if they're kind of on the fringe, but they want to be a part of it, I've seen people rejected for that, that they don't meet the criteria, that you're not one of us, that you're not good enough. It fucking sucks. And I don't know what to do about it. I don't think there really is anything that we can do about it. But you yourself, you know, me, myself, should be aware that we don't want to treat other gay people like we might have been treated when we were young by the bullies in school. You know, it, I used to hear this thing um, said where if a, if a man is working and his boss gives him a really hard time and makes a miserable day, then the man goes home and his wife has made dinner and he growls about the dinner and, and how bad it was and why isn't it cooked this way and why isn't the house clean. And so the wife feels terrible. So she goes now to one of her kids and starts yelling, you know, clean up your damn room. You know, you never do what I ask. Da, 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 da. And now the kid's all upset and the kid kicks the dog. And it's like this, this flowing down, right? Passing from one to the other. We can't do that. We can't live like that. We were put down by straight people when we were younger. And if you're over 40, you know this. You, you have felt this in some way. We can't become those people with other gay people. We can't become the bullies to other people. They're trying to find themselves. They're trying to fit in. And every one of us has tried to do that at some point. You know, myself as an example, because I didn't play the A-list games when I was training in those gyms, I was an outsider. I didn't belong with the A-list people at Mike's. And yet at the same time, because I was more of a serious bodybuilder, I didn't belong with the more... Um, kind, gentler people of Metropolitan, even though I, I was extremely nice and I do feel like I, I fit in there pretty much. You know, I just want to be a nice, compassionate, kind person to people. And I want to hang around with everybody. And I just can't listen to people bitch and put down other people. Can't we not do it? Can't we at least start on some level right now, one person at a time, stop putting down other gay people and be more inclusive? That's it for that. So let's move on to something cheerier, more up and happy. But before we do that, 
I want to pause telling you how grateful I am that some of you around the world, for some bizarre reason, have actually been hitting that subscribe button and has been showing up as increased subscribers just in this last week. And I want to thank you, thank you, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, if you're brand new to hearing the podcast, I hope you like this episode. And if you do, please subscribe so that you can hear me yakking in your ear every single week. What would be better than having to listen to me every week? I really do appreciate it. And if you happen to be a listener via iTunes, I would love, love, love you to possibly give me a five-star rating so that I can move up in the rankings. I only currently have two lovely people that have been kind enough to give me two five-star ratings, but I don't get an average posted so that people can see the number of stars because I just don't have enough of them. So if it isn't too much trouble, if you do like hearing me, please go on iTunes and give me a five-star rating. That'd be awesome. But it's time to move on to something a little bit cheerier, a little bit happier. So, okay, boys and girls, let's talk about the TV series, Dante's Cove. So I'm going to guess a good portion of you, probably about 75% of you, have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about when I say Dante's Cove. Dante's Cove was a TV series that ran from 2005 to 2007, and it was carried by this obscure network called HERE, H-E-R-E exclamation point. That was the name of the network. And it was a gay show. It was a very, very gay show. And it was a supernatural cock-tease show. There's no better way to say it. It was a cock-tease show. It had some beautiful, beautiful guys on it that were always shirtless and running around in their underwear. Uh, some of the time you saw their butt. few times, not many, once or twice you saw a dick here or there. But it was a show that took place at a fictional place called Dante's Cove, and it concerned the residents that were staying in a hotel. Now, it was a three-season series, and it was limited because it was on cable, so it was like 13 episodes per season. The acting was bad. The effects, the special effects, were bad. But the storyline was bad. <laughs> Overall, the entire show was bad, but you got to see these hot guys running around, kissing each other and having sex and humping on the bed and seeing an ass here or there, doing it in the shower. It was a pretty active kind of show. Now, one of the funny things about it, and I don't think it was intentional, is that it was a three-season show, and each season they were supposed to take place in this hotel, but they kept moving around. The first season was filmed in the Turks and Caicos Islands, which was a really cool effect that it was a creepy sort of place and they had a really good uh, structure that was supposed to be the hotel. And, you know, they were driving around the islands and it really looked good. It looked creepy. It fit this story of the supernatural with witches and warlocks and people locked up for centuries. And it was pretty darn cool. 
Then season two, they moved it to Hawaii because filming in the Turks and Caicos was too expensive. So they moved it to Hawaii and they found a house that was pretty big, although it was a modern house. And it had a area down by the ocean that was set up like a bar. So they created a nightclub out of this weird cabana down by the ocean. And the main house was supposed to now be the hotel. And we're supposed to not think about the fact that the first season took place in this old creepy place. And now they're suddenly in a new house. And as a matter of fact, one of the characters, um, Tracy Scoggins, was the only name that might have been known that was in this series she played uh, the main witch and at one point in the first episode of the second season so now they were in hawaii she walks into this very modern house and looks around and makes the comment oh gee what a coat of paint will do so that was kind of a joke because it had changed so that second season took place in this house and for whatever reason they couldn't get that house for season three so they moved it to yet another place in hawaii but it looked completely different and they just gave the explanation that the hotel had been destroyed in a storm so it was kind of a, a crazy series in that respect the guys were super hot and they were always humping around and being together and wearing skimpy things. And you could see, you know, bulging dicks through the underwear and stuff. So it was really hot. If you could get through the asinine storylines that were going on, but I enjoyed it very much. I really got into this series. In fact, I got into it so much that I had bought three seasons on DVD and I watched season one, I watched season two, I watched half of season three, and I didn't want to go beyond that because they were talking about doing season four, and I wanted season four to come out on DVD before I finished season three, for whatever reason. To me, it would seem like the show was continuous that way. But I was Facebook friends with several of the stars that were on the show and they were always talking about, yeah, you know, we're working on it. We, we think the series is going for a fourth season, da, 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 da. And yet it never happened. So I still, to this day have never finished season three. And now that I'm talking about it today, I think I'm going to sit down tonight and finish season three, but it is available on DVD. I think I saw some of it even in full episodes available on YouTube. Uh, again, the name is Dante's Cove, and if you like hot guys running around in their underwear, uh, this is the show for you. I'll go as far to say that it kinda was like Dark Shadows, which I loved growing up, and I will talk about Dark Shadows many times on this podcast. But if you like that kind of supernatural thing, that was what was going on just add beautiful hot bodies and really bad acting and stupid stories and you got it it's awesome so check out dante's cove give it a try it's you know limited three seasons only but it's kind of fun and kind of hot so thank you so much for tuning in today i really appreciate it and please subscribe i'd love you to do that and i will tell you that the next episode of this is part of it anyway i'm gonna probably have a couple segments but part of it's going to be about sleeping bare-assed, sleeping naked, sleeping with your dick rubbing against the sheets all night. 
We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some interesting studies about it and the general hotness of sleeping completely naked. This is Joey Hernandez. You've been listening to an older gay guy show. Thanks so much. See you very soon. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.